everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Psychic on the Scene, and I'm here tonight with the lovely Michelle lyons Polito. Hey there. And the lovely D. Scott. Hi. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to turn this over immediately to Michelle to give us uh, some insight and information about tonight's guests. Hey guys, I've got two of my good friends and fellow bagpipers with, with us tonight. We have Maria Merza, who's sitting here with me. Hey. Hi. And Eric Levine, um, who is us for his, his, his first Zoom. So, <laughs> yeah. so, Wonderful. Now, Maria is a retired corrections officer, and yeah. Eric is uh, a, a current corrections officer, and they've yeah. had some experiences at the different facilities with ghosts and paranormal experiences and as we know a lot of the ghost um, <clears throat> hunting groups that we talk with go to penitentiaries they do the overnights and they've had a lot of experiences and so i just figured these guys um they, they were gracious enough to come on and talk about some of their experiences and maria also works down in troy at, at this point and she'll share some of her oh that's awesome every time i hear something just even recently too um michelle you've always brought up troy as being mm -hmm. kind of a, a hot spot for um, paranormal activity or haunting activity. And even <clears throat> this past week, I've had two or three clients explain to me different um, paranormal things that happened to them in the past and that it followed them. And they all started in Troy. I'm like, ah, no, well, yep, okay. there, it is. <laughs> there it is again. One of my scariest clearings was in Troy up by, is it St. Mary's Hospital, I think? Yeah, there's St. Yep. Mary's, right off of Oakwood. Yeah, oh, yeah. yep, Oakwood Cemetery, you've got everything, all yeah. the wonderful hot spots. And mm -hmm. I think um, Troy has got so many ravines and so much water and so much history there, it just kind of uh, amplifies everything into a hotbed of just all kinds of interesting A lot of the history's there. been buried up on that hill, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know people that dig it and ex excavate it, and they've gone back with bottles over 300 years. So, wow. I mean, even just that is old history going yeah. back to Wait, the Which hill, Eric? Uh, the one going right up Hoosick Street. There there's a, used to be a dump site right there. Oh, yeah. And oh, they're wow. going in and finding the going old up towards Brunswick, right? Yeah. Is that the one going up towards Brunswick? Yeah, before yep. you hit seven? Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> just down from Ferrer Park, there, there used to be the dump, and they'd yeah. have bottles and stuff like that, and he's just repurposing these old bottles. And then you just look at the old history that's sitting there and you're like, wow. We'd have to talk to Steve too, Michelle, but I think Steve said, Eric, um, he does the 518 uh, Paranormal. And um, I think that when they've removed some of the items from Troy, they've received them, that they've actually had hauntings in other locations as a result of those items being moved around. That's so some stuff that I've warned this guy about, and he's ambivalent to it. So he's just selling it to make a profit, and <laughs> it's 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 on pissing him. off the spirits. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. If anything so, can be haunted, you can pick up. I mean, anything. A pair of shoes can have a ghost attached to them. So <laughs> you start moving stuff around, and you never know what you're going to get. Our old house right. in Cohoes used to be haunted because the woman that the people that owned it, the woman died there. And I used to smell lilies of the valley every now and then. And I found oh. out later, first I found out later she died in that house. And secondly, that was her favorite perfume. Oh. And I used to smell it every now and then. I'm going, I smell lilies of the, and I, you know, that was something we wore when we were kids. Right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it was my first perfume and I would smell it. I'm like, it smells like lilies of the valley. <laughs> and so she was still, and we had her dining room set 
Um, her whole dining room set. So I think she was still there. But then when her husband died, that was it. She never, I never smelled it again, never had anything. And that was, mm. I'm sure she went when he went. So just wait. Very telling too about yeah. that, that, you know, that that would be like the, the natural progression thinking through of, yeah. you know, she would have moved on. And, um, if, you know, if we were doing a class, I'd say to you, when you smelled that, how did it make you feel? Oh, wonderful. It right. like if I was down or if I was upset about something, I'd get a whiff and I'd feel so mm. much better. And my dog, like if you went up the <clears throat> stairs in the house, if you hit, like I had this one dog and if you hit the third stair or made a squeak, didn't matter where that dog was, he would come, she, yeah, she would come flying sit at the bottom of the stairs and bark as you go up the stairs and wait for you to go up the stairs and then he would follow you. And one time my husband and I were sitting on the, the couch watching TV and I heard the squeak. The dog came flying from the kitchen and I'm like, oh my God, it's the cat, you dumb dog. You dumb dog. And then I look over and the cat was sitting next to Steve and I'm like, oh, oh crap, somebody's in the house. Now right. we can see the, the front door so we would have been able to see somebody come in the house. So the dog was at the bottom of the stairs barking, ran up the stairs. Of course, we run up the stairs following, still thinking somebody's in the house. <laughs> it's like, I don't know where Right, right. Even though we could have seen somebody come in. We go up the stairs, and the dog is sitting on the bed, looking up, wagging its tail, and then it would, like, bow its head like somebody was petting him. Oh, and then, wow. And then we smelled the lilies of the valley going by us and i'm like oh it's mrs conley okay you know? <laughs> right so just stopping in for a visit yeah, like, so hey, I, mrs conley how are you you know it's like let's switch over to some of the the haunted experiences that you all had at your locations um eric. if we can uh, we'll start it doesn't matter who wants to start but i really want eric to start. i've been babbling i got i got a good one i'm not sure oh, if i can good. give away the location but um a little bit of the history there was a, a serial killer that was caught lemuel smith yes and he was sent to a certain facility mm -hmm. and uh, he managed to uh, murder a correction officer at that location yes um years years later I came along, so that happened, I think, in 95 or 96. At, 1980, uh, actually. I can 1980, tell you exactly. so 1980. Very long time ago. May of 1980. So a long time ago, um, Donna Pant was murdered inside this correctional facility. I came along in 2003, a fledgling CO, and I'm making my rounds around some of the tiers. And as I'm making my round down the tier, this inmate stopped. He goes, CO, I don't know what I did to her. He goes, but please make her stop. I go, make who stop? He goes, Miss Payant, she's been bothering me every night. Every night she's standing oh. in my cell and she's bothering me. She's harassing me. I go, who's bothering you? What officer? And he says, you know, Officer Payant. And I'm, it didn't make two and two. I didn't connect the two until I went to her memorial about three oh. weeks later. Oh my and God. I'm like, you got to be kidding. That inmate was deathly afraid because he goes, I don't know what I did to her, but please make her stop. Please make her stop. He goes, she's outside my cell all the time, and she's complaining, and she's doing this and doing that. And it was like a month later, as a new officer, that I learned about the Donna Pam Memorial. And that's, I wonder, that's I wonder if that was his cell. I wonder if that was his cell, and that she was there not because of that particular inmate, Eric, but because that was I the cell of the person. Gallery. I think that was oh, her gallery. So gotcha. she made rounds. She's continuing to make rounds. 
And if she mm -hmm. sees something that's disturbing, she stops and like we're supposed to and address yeah. problems. But he goes, all I'm doing is sleeping. He goes, I don't know what she wants. I don't know what she wants. And he was convinced Donna Payant was standing outside a cell. Did he think she was a ghost or a spirit? No, he or? thought it was a real officer. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's um, why you say, sir, I don't know what I did, but if you can please talk to her and apologize, I don't know what I did. If you could find out, let me know. So I mean, he that, had no idea that Donna Payne had been killed there. No, he was a younger was killed in the She was killed in the chapel. Correct. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, that's bizarre. I'm going to have to check oh, yeah. her and make sure she's crossed. Mm. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, when we've heard other stories um, similar to this, Eric, I believe that they are, like you said, she was doing a rounds. That probably is exactly what she was doing in spirit. Mm -hmm. and it's interesting that that inmate, I mean, obviously we can't interview him, um, no. but he, <laughs> right, exactly, nor would I want to. Um, but it's that feeling that you wonder if he had always had ability, if he was some sort of a conduit that he had, or, and not that there was anything that any validation, but we find in institutions or penitentiaries that if there's any kind of issues with mental health, mm -hmm. and this is no knock to people that have any kind of issues, with mental health, they seem to be magnets for it. Well, I, yeah. had, oh, <laughs> I can see no, that. Go ahead. Well, I'm thinking one of the reasons why people think they have mental health is because right. they are a conduit and so people Amen. think they're crazy and they're really not they're a conduit for this thing and people think oh my god they're crazy but girl they're, who you been talking they're, they're to really that's some that is some solid shit you just laid out yes. there that is absolute <laughs> right yeah, that's absolute that's a hundred percent that people have mistaken many years over many centuries yeah people that were indigo children or um, had psychic ability that they were in fact, you know, had mental illness, schizophrenia, bipolar. Right. So yes, you're right. Witches and right. Well, <laughs> right. the perfect yeah. example of that is that movie. What was the movie? I see dead people, but that oh, wasn't the name of the movie. Um, but that was like the, 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 sixth sense. Sense. the sixth sense. That was a perfect example where they thought he was, the kid was crazy and he was actually a conduit for this and the psychiatrist <laughs> yeah, that, no, don't spoil alert. No spoil alerts. But yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the truth. So tell us a story. Behind you, not a ghost, right? Yeah, that's that's Maggie. That's, that's my wife. Just checking. I'm sorry, Katie. What were you going to say? I just I wanted to hear a story from her. Oh, oh Maria, um, yeah, okay. About tell her. me your favorite one. Well, um, well, there's a few. Um. I'll tell you a quick one from 504, and then I'll tell you the one from, and I can tell you the facility because it's closed. Um, but at 504 Broadway, is, which is our main office, we're all sitting at the lunch table when we used to have the lunch table in like a kitchen area. And we're all sitting there. It was like, hey, Meg. Hey, Maggie. <laughs> it was, um, it was uh, at lunchtime, and all of a sudden, the, the bathroom is like dead head in front of us, and the door was open. And the toilet flushes, and the water goes on, and everybody's sitting there going, uh, uh, and I'm like, well, I think we should turn off the water, and nobody wanted to move, so I start getting up, and my and this other coworker, because I was at the head of the table, the farthest away from the bathroom, Kim's like, I'll go shut it off, and they're all screaming, no, Kim, I'm like, I'll come in with you, Kim, just in case, you know, <laughs> it's like, and we didn't shut the water off, but it was like the funniest thing, and. 
um, every time I would come in, like I would do ride-alongs on Wednesday nights, and every time I would come in the back door, I'd come walking in the back door, and I knew nobody was in the building. And every time I would come in that back door, I would hear somebody talking, and I'd stop, and you'd hear like a, like a murmuring, and oh, I'd yeah. say, hello, and the minute I'd say hello, it would stop. And I wasn't the only one that heard that, so, and but I mean, there was probably 10 of us around the table when that happened in the, so that, you know, yeah. lots of witnesses. You know? <laughs> right. Right. You to to validate what, it. What you do for a living right now? Oh, I work for um, domestic violence. I work in the domestic violence um, part of unity house. So oh, I, wow. I work in the shelter um, and that particular building though, 504 Broadway is haunted. It's like, there's numerous things that happen in that building where everybody, you know, has experienced something. And we've all experienced it. So, and of course, that we all believe everybody else because everybody has experienced something. <laughs> right. And when that happened and everybody was sitting there, we're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a, and, and I'd love to even know what the history of that building is originally because, again, it's probably an older house. Um, um, I know it was a law office before oh, we had it. So oh. what it was before that, I have no idea. I'll have to look into it. You know? Yeah, we'll have to figure that out because we've we've found that a lot of times there's places like the penitentiaries that, that it's layered, mm -hmm. layered hauntings, yeah, and like they start to yeah. all like show up. Yeah, it goes from sanitariums to penitentiary to uh, treatment right. centers, so they they have long histories. Right. Well, yes. that's Mount McGregor. Mount McGregor that's started off as a sanit as a. Is it about tuberculosis? It was a tuberculosis place at one point, right. and then it became um, a place for people with mental, like right. not mental illnesses, but different types of uh, mental handicaps. And then they built the facility down down the mountain from us, and then it became, and and at one point it, it was actually had a, uh, a a hotel on it. I think it was before it was before it was um, the sanitarium for tuberculosis. I think it had a where Lakes Diamond and those people. And so there was underground tunnels, you know. And then and then this is Grant's cottage. That's right. And Grant's cottage is also up there, and that's where Grant passed. Right, and Grant passed up there after writing his biography. Right, and then and then it became a penitentiary, and now it's closed and. I, it's supposed to have been sold, but I don't really know. We have to go investigate. It's oh, yeah. really a cool place. It's a very, very cool place. Um, is that where your next story is from? Yeah, that's okay. where my next story is from. Well, so Mount McGregor was two facilities in one. We had a medium that was behind the fence, and then we had the camp that was obviously no fence. You mean medium? Um, a medium facility, medium correctional facility. Yeah, okay. So um, we walked this fence. Every, like everybody walks, like not everybody, but they have two officers that walk the fence like 24 seven, they're walking that fence. Um, and it's like a mile around. So it's 11 o'clock at night and it's about, actually it's about quarter to 11. We're all down in the shack. Everybody meets there for the 11 o'clock count. And, uh, and that's where everybody's like, cause we're working four to 12. And everybody's like, they all hang out there from 11 to 12 because it's now, it's lockdown time. Everybody on the camp and in the medium are all locked in their, their, their housing units. So it was too crowded in the, in the shack for me. I'm like, yeah, it's too crowded. I'm going to take one more lap around. You know, it's like, I like to walk. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful night. It was a beautiful full moon out. So I'm walking and I come up 
the hill. And I look over and I see our roundsman. And I say, hey, Howard, what's going on? And he and I were chit-chatting. And uh, all of a sudden, like I'm standing facing the fence, which is the mess halls on the other side for the medium. So it's kind of behind the mess hall and there's a big, huge pond. So I'm chit-chatting with him and all of a sudden I'm looking, I'm going, hey, who the heck is that down by the oh. pond? And he's, he looks back and he goes, oh, it's probably this one, this one, or this one. I'm like, no, they're all down in the shack playing cards. You didn't hear me that, commissioner. <laughs> we didn't have play cards. <laughs> but they were playing because it was like between 11 and 12 and they're all playing cards, relaxing before they all had to go home at 12 o'clock. I'm like, no, they're all down in the shack. I just left everybody. So we're, we're looking and there was somebody standing on the campsite by the fence behind the mess hall, which is on the other side of the fence. So I'm like, I got to go see who that is. So the two of us go running, right? Howard is a big, tall guy. He goes up behind me and he, and I'm armed, right? And he gets my gun out, out of my, holster. out of my holster. And I'm like, really? Seriously? You know? <laughs> As we're running and I yell, yo, you stop, halt. And the, the person that was standing there looked like a man starts to turn. Cause the closer we get, we could see it's a guy starts to turn towards us and then vanishes. It's like, Oh, I'm covered. We come, we come screeching. And I'm, and if he wasn't with me, nobody would believe me. And we come screeching to a halt, like a cartoon, you know, you like, the, the right. go, and we're like, and I'm like, what just happened? And I said, did you just see that? And he and I are looking at each other. And he goes, well, I won't tell if you won't tell. And I'm like, ah, lips are sealed, right? <laughs> so a couple months later, I was talking to one of my friends who's passed away now. And she had a very, she was like, I would say she had like a psychic ability. She really had like a sixth sense. She was able to connect. She yeah. would connect, yeah. Her and her mother both. I used to call her mother the gypsy woman. <laughs> but um, anyway, her name is Debbie Cooney. May she rest in peace was telling me this story. She goes, I got to tell you something that happened to me last week when I was walking the perimeter. I'm thinking, oh, she saw the guy, right? She goes, I get to the point right behind the mess hall where we saw the, she goes, and I start to walk across the pond, you know, and it felt like somebody was like choking the breath out of me. And I, I kept backing up until I didn't feel it anymore. So she went around the other way, got to the same spot to try to go this way, same, she got the same ability. And she goes, I couldn't pass that one spot. She goes, I had to have Harry, which was one of the Harry. other, which is one of the other perimeter guys, walk with me. So, and she couldn't pass that unless Harry was with her. And then oh. I told her my story. And of course, my husband and her husband kind of went, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, guys. But, right. you know, well, actually, Steve really kind of believed, but he didn't want to say he believed in front of Mike, may right. you rest in peace, both hey. of you, you know, <laughs> Mike and Steve. Um, so hey. I, you know, Mike was not a believer, you know, so, but it was like the same spot. And then I told her my story about how Howard and I saw the guy there. And then we did find out that a couple people, well, as I said, it was a sanitarium, but we did find out that somebody did drown in the mm. pond, of, you know, a couple uh, people had drowned in that pond and like, it was probably... Oh, I can't tell you how long ago before I got there that an inmate had drowned in that pond. So I don't know if it was him or if it was somebody else or if it was somebody from the sanitarium or somebody from Legs Diamond era. I have no idea. Right. But we got to go find out. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> what would be even more interesting, you know, what would yeah. be more interesting is to find out. I know that you guys have to log in 
<clears throat> I'm not sure if anybody else would log that, mm -hmm. but occasionally you'll find in old records going back that other um, COs and other people that were on the facility would comment on something similar. Now they might not say that they saw an entity, but right. that they had to go check something down by the pond. You might see that the, I know that the, um, um, Vermont college, oh, yeah. um, my brother was like a night night guard there when he was in college, you know, basically like a night watchman. And he, every time he was in the one building, the facility, which was really old, like basically mansion, he would hear rolling furniture moving other people walking around and he'd go and check and furniture would have been moved doors would have been open that shouldn't have been mm -hmm. opened and then what he discovered was the old logs and it showed from the old night watchmen they all encountered these haunted experiences oh, that's so cool from that and so there was an actual history of it and maybe they had worded it differently that they had to check on a disturbance but it'd be interesting to see if you guys had something similar to that on well, that facility they, they did in the camp a lot of times they had guys that would have to go and check out windows being open doors being open mm. you know they would hear you know, you'd see lights flashing on and off in like the administration building mm -hmm. and they would have to go check it out and there'd be nobody there or nothing there. So, I mean, that was, that would happen. And flashing they, lights is a common thing. Right. Uh, I remember ducking, I almost throwing myself to the floor because I had a, a flashing light coming down the hallway and uh, came out of one of the boxes and it looked like somebody threw a flashlight. So I dove out of the way like somebody threw a flashlight and nobody else reacted. <laughs> Eric, where, Eric, where was that? Where was that, that was Eric? Same facility. That was at the same facility. That as, I was at as, as yep. Officer Pant. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But, so, um, so nobody else saw that, Eric, when you saw that? Or was there any not, kind of security not as far cameras? As I know, either that or um, they've seen it enough times that they don't react to it anymore. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. What? I would say it's probably the latter. You know, it's like, oh, that was just, you know. Correct. Uh, well, but it looked like somebody winged a 10-inch yeah, flashlight. I mean, it just kept tumbling over and over. So I threw my head out of the way so I didn't get hit. And Did you ever else. hear anything like connected with that or any other things? Did you ever hear somebody talking or have the, the buzzing? People talk about the buzzing, that they hear I, a buzz, almost like a, a insect. I didn't hear a buzz on that occasion. I actually heard a key unlock the door, which wasn't oh. unlocked. It was past approaching count time so they wouldn't unlock the door. Um, I was coming out of the special housing unit. Um, that particular jet prison actually had a death house, one house up from us where they had old Sparky. Um, yeah. At one point was attached to the floor. Now it's a museum place down in Sing Sing. Oh, is that oh, wow. That's oh, the electric chair. chair. Oh, okay. The we also chair. have one at so that, yeah, one Old, at the oh, wait a minute. Old Sparky is like a, a chair? Yeah. Electric chair, oh. yeah. Well, thank you for filling me in on that. <laughs> well, it's got a little historical notion. And I don't know if that one's up in the Albany Academy or if that one's still down in Sing Sing. That one's down in Sing Sing. The one in the Albany Academy is from the dance hall in uh, Danamore. Oh, that's the other right. thing they used to call it. They used the to dance call hall. it the dance hall where old Sparky was because the people would... They would dance. Oh, oh, sorry. Wow. That's we have a very okay. bizarre... We have a very yeah. bizarre sense of humor. <laughs> very, I, I, very yes. Uh, 
But Go ahead, I'm sorry. I used to work I used to work one one floor below the death house where they carried out executions at one point. And then they you could still see the heavy electric conduit coming up through the floor and the places where it's bolted into the floor. You're so you could still go up there and see that. I worked one floor beneath that and every time we left something like that, you'd hear, you know, strange creaks, doors opening and closing, keys in the locks. Or the, the would appear to be a flashlight thrown at me that was never there. So wow, <laughs> that, that was that was an. Interesting have you, thing. Eric? Have you had personal experiences that were outside of working in the penitentiaries? Yes, I have. Okay, yes, I, have. I, 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 seem attract, I seem to attract all types of people. You, my wife can attest to it. If there okay. is somebody that has a mental illness, they seem to be attracted to me quite easily. <laughs> Same, Eric, except for I date them. <laughs> All right, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm dating a nice guy now, so I shouldn't say that. I, um, I, I really to latch on to be a bright dropper. I, as soon as I lock eyes on her, I'm like, oh, God. Yes. Said, Here she comes. And my wife goes, what's the matter? I go, nothing. Just, just try to ignore it. And as we passed, this little old lady grabbed hold of my wrist in a death grip that I couldn't break. And she goes, I need to tell you about your guardian angel. And she went out. And my wife is so used to it that she actually says, catch up with me when you're done with your new girlfriend. And she walked off. <laughs> <laughs> she just got used to that. So for her... And that's the norm, and it happens to me a lot. That yeah, more Eric like does have abilities. Yeah, so uh, Eric, that reads to me, if I were to give you a quick read, uh, that reads to me like somebody that's a high empath. You also read like you're exactly a very right. old soul. So being an empath and an old soul, you're going to attract all kinds of crazy. Um, you do have a lot of people around you, and you do uh, like sense and feel um, spirits. There is a yes. father figure to the side of you or a grandfather figure to that the side of you. Great grandfather. That's did he also work in, about. did he work in, um, law enforcement as well? No, I'm the first one in my family. So I can hear trains. So I don't know if there's something That's with the my railroad. Grandfather. Okay. So yep. he's very proud of the fact that you, you know, you've got a badge and you've got a gun. And mm -hmm. so he works with you all the time. And, and if you are named for him, he takes personal pride in the fact that you are his descendant. So he works with you all the time. He's definitely a guardian for you. He's uh, also very Native American and he's part of what gave you that part of the heritage. So oh. when she latched on to that part, I was telling the story to my father and he turned, he turned white. He's like, tell me that again. Cause he's hard of hearing. So I went through the whole thing. He goes, you don't remember your grandfather. I go, I remember the stories he told, but not him so much. She goes, he, she described him to a T. So she wasn't crazy at that point, but it's something that happens so frequently. My wife is comfortable with it where she just, she just walks away. Yeah, make sure make sure for yourself, Eric, actually for both of you, make sure that on a regular basis that you're doing clearing work if you're not already or you have somebody like Michelle that does clearing work on you because you'll get um, you're more likely in that line because of both being impacts. Um, of getting information like that. Like, I don't know if either one of you dream a lot, but you should even before yeah. you go to sleep, make sure that you call in your guardian angels and your mm -hmm. family because um, if you're in your waking time and you're very vigilant about making sure that this is my 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 no-no zone, this is my <laughs> no -no safe zone, place, and right, you can't come space. in here, right? the second you guys go to sleep, you start to get all of the spirits like they're, and I don't even know if all the time they mean to be 
like naughty or caustic, so. but they show up while you're asleep. And so you need to do that work when you're going to bed. Like yeah. this is my, you know, this is my time. And you know, if you need to give me messages, you can only do that during my waking time. So you kind of like seal yourself off, right? Create a schedule. My grandmother recently deceased said that I had the guardian angel with the most sense of humor, because if I started telling you stories of things that I've been through, uh, just yeah. in my job alone, my, uh, my first year in, there was a murder that was committed. So we we're doing a facility frisk and I'm searching in the, uh, the laundry room and I got lit up by 440 volts of electricity behind the, uh, behind the dryers ah, <laughs> knocked out cold brought around fat and i had a sergeant slap me in the face come on buddy come back to me. <laughs> that was my first that was my first bad experience in corrections then oh, wow. uh it goes on to yeah a whole bunch of crazy stupid things that shouldn't happen if anything happen. crazy happens it happens to everyone it happens to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens to me you, also, you guys will have to go on an investigation with us sometime oh i love it eric you got to come to like both of you do but we'll definitely get eric there's something too you you've mentioned twice now about like electricity and even the electricity <laughs> that had been the conduit there there is something about electricity that amps up psychic or paranormal activity in the locations and um, it actually helps work like the conduit to bring it through. So if you're around a lot of electricity, either one of you, or if you're like, say you have like your office in your basement, there's fear grids in the areas like even at work, like say the, the office is where the light box is or the fuse box is, it creates, um, it's just the right dynamic to boost it up. So be mindful if you start to have like, say your field. office is there. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Electromagnetic fields? Yes. Yeah. It's you knowing shit. I love it. <laughs> Whipping out those $50 words. With, with, the, with the hair standing up and you're like, oh, yep. here we go. <laughs> I learned, yeah. It served, yeah. It served me well. My intuition served me well. Yeah. So I've far, had so. that with people, though. I've had that with, like, if I find somebody, if I don't, some people, I don't know, I just think that they're, I, it sounds like they have an evil presence. Oh, yes. And if not I, not me, not her, <laughs> but my hairs in the back of my neck will actually stand up. Mm. And I, I remember we had this one client that came in to shelter and there was just something about this person that I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't believe anything this person is saying. I think this person's lying. I think this person's running from the law. And they're like, my boss caused me the cynic. And when the yes. person went to shake my hand, I felt an electric, I'm not lying, like the electricity came up like this, hit me back here, and the hairs went, I mean, my hair actually stood up. They're like, what happened to your hair? And I'm like, oh, God. it was almost like, it was like electricity. And I, I pulled my hand back, and I'm like, yeah, you need to leave my office now. <laughs> and then I went downstairs, and I said to my boss, this person's lying. This person actually is running from the law. And of course... My boss is like, you're a cynic, blah, blah. She goes, why do you say that? So I told her what happened. And she's like, you're a cynic. I said, call me what you want. I said, but Diane, I said, look at my hair. She goes, yeah. she goes, what happened to your head? And I said, Diane, this is what happened. The hairs on my head were still standing up. I said, Diane, this is what happened. And she's like, oh, it's okay. It's just static electricity. I'm saying, nope. Well, this person left. And like two months later, we found out that this person was actually said that they were a trafficking victim was actually the trafficker. 
Oh, like I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you. I couldn't wait. Oh my god! You know. And there are, you know, like the the joke that Michelle and I have both made about working in this field for as long. We're more afraid of the living than we are of the deceased. Yeah, yeah. Amen. So, um, like like Eric saying he can see the crazy or he feels the crazy. You being able to read people, you can be in a crowd and all of a sudden start to feel that, and it's a churning, like yeah. sickening feeling it all the time. And the spirit stuff, you get like the pins and needles, but you kind of go, ooh, that's creepy. It's not yeah. that same. The other stuff, it's, maybe it's how certain people read it, but it's, it's more internal. It's like, ugh. It's far yeah. more fearful because you cannot get away because the person right. is in a body. Right, yeah. Right. And, you, and, and maybe the older I get, I'll do it. But, and I, like, I just ignore certain people or I actually won't give them attention. But when I have people like that in the crowds, I'm going to probably get to some point, lean over and go, mm, you know what I do for a living and you're a filthy pig. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be gone. Yeah. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've actually had that happen on a hunting trip where I've gone to this place. I've been hunting there for 25 years. And I mm -hmm. went in, sat down in my spot and just, for whatever reason, I had that uneasy feeling like I, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. And that was such an odd sense because I'm very comfortable in the woods. And I'm sitting there uh, in my stand just before the sun started coming up. I go, if you don't leave now, this thought went through my head. If you don't leave now, you're never leaving. I was like, good enough for me. Picked up my tray, picked up my seed, picked up my rifle. And I hiked out. When I got up to where I parked my car by myself that morning, there was 11 other cars parked around my car. Other hunters had entered the woods, and oh. it's such a small spot, it was probably unsafe for me to be there. You would have got yeah. wow. point, I just walked out. So, yeah, it's worked in my advantage. It's worked not so much in my advantage. Okay. Um, my first inmate contact in, in the facility I was working when I first started was a rather infamous uh, individual. He reached out of the line and grabbed me by the wrist again. <laughs> I reached back because it was my first day as a real officer. The officer that I was with, he told me, so he goes, you're a real officer. So walk alongside the inmates. I'm like, got it. So as soon as I took, I took five steps and this inmate reached out and grabbed me by the wrist and I cocked back, I was ready to go, you know, and he stepped in front of me. He goes, Ronnie, what are you doing to my officer? I started talking to him like, you know, him. he goes, I need my med, sir. He goes, and where are you standing? He goes, I'm in the med line. He goes, right. So why did you grab my officer? He goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now he's shaking my hand. He was a schizophrenic, right? Yeah. Oh. Down, oh, no, no, no. It gets better because I go down <laughs> to um, the mess hall gallery, all right? And I t he pushes me around the corner of the gate. He goes, congratulations. He goes, one, you, I saw you were going to react right. He goes, that inmate had no business grabbing you. And he goes, and if you do get grabbed, defend yourself. He goes, but on the same token, that's one of our to um, celebrity inmates. He goes, you know who that was? I says, I have no idea. He goes, Ronald DeFeo. Oh, right, Fail. <laughs> one of my favorites. Wow. Oh, boy. Amity, uh, Ronald Amity Delore. He's like one of my famous, famous, he one of my favorite Yeah. Wow. He's the entire family with the high-powered rifle. He's the one that Stephen King twists his story into the Amity Delore. Right. But he's the guy that I had my first inmate contact so again, wow. find me. <laughs> yeah. I wish I knew how to turn that off, but they do come and find me. When I, I was in Hudson, when I was in Hudson Valley, we had this one teacher that loved doing paranormal stuff. And we went down to the Amityville oh, place. We went down to their house and we did like take pictures. We had a guy that had like back then he used infrared cameras. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. The yes. The 70s, yes. So there was no, you know, and um, the people that bought the house after the Pharaohs, there was something odd about them that we just got bad vibes from. So they, they, they were saying, don't take pictures, don't take pictures. And of course the guy snuck in a couple pictures and there was like this really bizarre, like image around them. We're like, ooh. You know? Oh my God. Yeah, everybody got like a tingling sensation when they were talking to them. And they sold the house very quickly at, because it really became famous. So right. They sold it. And then whoever took it, whoever bought it after them, completely changed the house. The people that bought it after the pharaohs left everything there. Like they wanted the, the spirits the of whatever was there, they wanted it to stay there. But the yeah. people who bought it afterwards completely gutted the house and redid it. So that they said there was never anything after that. After that, so God only knows. But the people that wow. uh, there was actually let's see, there was no. I'm sorry, there was a family that bought it after the DeFaros. They had some of the stuff there, and then after the after the things started happening in Amityville House, they left all the furniture because they just got up and left. The people who bought it afterwards left all their furniture there. And they said they used to have seances and stuff in there yeah. all the time. It's like you're just no, nothing good with that is going to happen. No, yeah, but, you're just asking for trouble. That's right, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You know, when they made the movie, the remake of the Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds, um, apparently they rebuilt that house somewhere, like in the Midwest. Yeah, all kinds what? of crazy shit happened. Right, yeah, you there. Just the thought and idea of it. Yeah, just the thought and idea of it conveys a lot. So. Is that Bindi? That's Bindi. <laughs> There's a dog. She, she's all storm. <laughs> she's like, she's giving hugs. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. So, uh, tell us some. Tell us some other stories or other places where you guys have had in oh. in the line of your work <laughs> that you've had some things happen. Go ahead, Eric. During during, during the pipe bands, we we've unfortunately had to uh, honor several officers mm -hmm. that have died in their line of you know not in the line mm -hmm. but. They've expired, and me and Maria, we've done it, and I have several of her pipers that we've gone and done things. And at the end of every one of our sessions, uh, Michelle can uh, test to this. Mm. Um, usually, get uh, confirmation that you did something right, like a uh, hawk oh. or an eagle um, will fly by. I've had dragonflies land on my glasses, and when I question, when I haven't seen something like that, because it, it happens every time. Every time, I had yeah. one where. I had one where it says, usually I see an eagle or a hawk or something that confirms that we did something right, or a crow will nest in a tree as we're coming up to our car. Mm, yeah. None of that had happened this time. And I'm like, did I do something wrong? Did this guy fall out of favor? You know, whatever. And as I'm saying that, I'm getting dressed out of, undressed out of my uniform with my car door open and a blue jay feather landed on the inside of the window and stuck inside the, the uh, seal. Yeah. So inside the oh. window, it's standing straight up. So I got completely undressed, and I looked around, around and I go, enough said. <laughs> so always confirmation of spirit. Yeah. Always confirmation always of spirit. By the way, we were shorts yeah. under our kilt often. So yeah. It wasn't unnoticed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it was my jacket. Yeah, the kilt goes with me. <laughs> um, the, um, I, I got one time, I got a mother deer, and, and uh, she had triplets. Triplets. Ooh. So the mother deer and the triplets came out um, right after I got finished playing Amazing Grace. They came out and just stood in the in the cemetery. Oh. Yeah, that was one of my – but Eric and I have always had something. something Usually crazy. it's a hawk, 
that will fly over when That's, you're done. You and know? you guys mentioned Troy earlier. So try Troy being a yeah, hospital. that was a good one. Now, right over the the uh, the Troy side and the 112th Street Bridge, they built a 9/11 memorial. It's really not a very yeah. flattering memorial at all. Yeah. But they had the, the U.S. Marines, they had the Army, Navy, they had everybody there. Easy um, and they had the pipe band show up to honor the uh, the raising of the flag for the ceremony. As we're sitting there playing, finishing Amazing Grace, we finish Amazing Grace, the final night ends with a crushing silence, right? As soon as that happened, a bald eagle flew about 10 feet over the top oh, of the yeah, yeah. circled around the memorial, and then flew away. So we're yeah, looking incredible. for the handler that released the bald eagle, right. and it wasn't. It was a wild bald eagle yeah. that so, came in to investigate the, the bagpipes. And yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, got always, chills. Yeah, yeah, we always have something. Awesome. And out of anything, that's the one that stands out, because this yeah. thing came down low. I mean, it came down low. We thought somebody launched it off the bridge. To yeah. Be honest with you. Yeah. Wow. I just played a oh. funeral um, over the weekend. It was the weekend you were playing the one thing I was doing the other thing. Yeah, it was on oh. Tuesday with the with the big rainstorm. Guess right. who's out during the hurricane piping? Oh, <laughs> we are. <laughs> so Maria is doing a graduation, and I'm doing a, a sheriff's funeral over in Troy. Yeah. And um, Troy, and I'm it's pouring, and I've got my big you know black rain. Yeah. Poncho on, I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I'm just going to make it happen. You, you just go out there, you do right. it. You yeah, know? do it, yeah. And so I get out and I, you know, just from past experiences, you make sure you have the right grave. So <laughs> yeah. you're not standing by the wrong one. Um, so I go and I make sure I read the vault top and then it was pouring and I, and I looked up at the sky. I said, weather angels, please, can you just let it stop raining just for the service? And I get back in the car, I'm stopping wet. And all of a sudden... It stops raining, but then this thick, thick fog materializes in the woods, and it sweeps across the cemetery, oh, and wow. then it gets all to the gate, and then it starts to come back, and what's coming but the hearse? Oh, the fog wow. wow. Weird. So I got goosebumps. Yeah. And I, you know, I jump out of the car, run over. Um, I pipe. Everything works perfectly fine, um, and then everyone gets in the car. The fog dissipates, and the rain hit again. Wow. So that was, wow. That was really wild. Yeah. Uh, thank That's you, Mother awesome. Angels. Yeah. Well, I played at a wedding and I called her right afterwards. Oh. And I had, uh, when I was playing in front of the lodge, it, uh, what was it called? I can't remember the You're name. Up, up at a lake, right? Yeah, it was at a lake. And when I was playing in front of the lodge, I could play no problem. When I came down by the lake, I started to play and it's like I couldn't catch my breath something was mm. something was like it was like i was like squeezing and it was like something was inside the bag pushing against me and i'm like what the heck is going on it wouldn't let me squeeze the bag and i played with all my might and i got through everything but i was really struggling and i'm thinking what the heck is going on here and i was like i don't understand and when i went around after we were done i went out in front of the lodge again and I'm thinking, what is wrong with these pipes? And I play them like nothing ever happened. So then I walk after this is, everybody's already inside. I walk back down the lake again. I said, I'm going to try this again. Couldn't play them. Could not play down by the lake. It was like something was preventing me from trying to, even though I played, it was like going against me. So I call her and I'm like, I don't know what happened, but I, I need your advice on this. And I told her and she, and she's like, oh, 
She says, there's something evil in that lathe. She goes, it didn't come home with your pipes, so you're good. I'm like, no, I could play in the front of the lodge. I just couldn't play down by the lake. It didn't want me to play. I was like, you are not playing down here. I did clear wow. it. Yeah. But I mean, it's it an was Englishman. Like, huh? <laughs> what? He was an Englishman. Yeah. <laughs> I did play oh. Danny Boy. <laughs> I oh did play gosh. Danny Boy, so that might have been it. Right. That always makes him mad. Yeah. Yeah. You've had Pipers and Spirit messing with your pipes. Oh, I swear to God, it was Stephen and and Kevin. Oh, our old pipe major. Our, or he's um, our drummer. Wait, no, Kevin was no, a president. Oh, president, because I never met Kevin. I'm Kevin sure. Sheridan was the one that founded our pipe band, and um, and my husband. Well, he passed away from a car accident. Kevin, Kevin did about was it seven years ago now, Eric? Five, oh, six, no, some five years six, ago. Five six years ago. Yeah, and Steve just passed away a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was at this. Um, I was playing for you. I was because you couldn't make it. I was playing a graduation for these. Oh, oh, down in Troy, down in Troy, in Troy. Oh my God, Russell Sage, and everything just kept going wrong. I'm saying, what the heck? My belt buckle broke, and my drawery fell out, and it was like falling off. Yeah, and I was like, and I was blaming it on Kevin and Steve, you know. So then we we had to set up parameters with them. Yeah, it's like, listen, dudes, you know. You can make, you can do everything you want, but not when I'm doing something, you know? No, ironically, I used to, I'd done that graduation for like <clears throat> seven or eight years now. And twice I've, I haven't been able to do it. And I had you and my buddy Pat for right. one other year and things went horribly wrong yeah. for them. Yeah. It was like, what is going I on think the here? the spirits are used to me piping. They're like, wait, this is the wrong piper. This is not, this <laughs> is not the right one. She's short and she's a female, but it's not the right one. <laughs> It was like, are you kidding me? Just as right as step off, the drone read drops and so I couldn't get the air. And I'm like, so, I have a, I always carry a cork. It's like, whoop, whoop. and off so, I went. And I was like, oh, Kevin. Maria, please. did you have, did you have experiences, paranormal experiences as a child growing up, kind of like Eric? I don't know per se. I always thought I was a little weird, you know? But, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> aren't we all? But yeah, exactly. I do remember a couple times I was lying in bed and hearing like a voice, like, and like, but not sure if I was awake or, you know, asleep or, you know, sometimes you think you're in a half wake, half asleep. The space between. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like a couple times. I mean, it's happened in my house now. Um, when my front door opens up, it makes a distinct sound. And my husband was still alive and my father had passed away and I'm in bed and Steve had to leave to go to, he was a union rep, so he's going to the uh, the 11, the 3 to 11 union meeting, so he had to be there for 11 o'clock. So I was in bed, and I, again, you're in that state, half, half awake, half asleep, and I hear the front door open, I mean, and the dogs get up, and they start to bark, and I'm like, oh, it's stop, it's just, daddy must have forgot something. I'm like, Steve, what'd you forget? Nothing. Crickets, you know. I'm like Steve, so I get up, and of course, the very first thing I do is grab my gun, got the flashlight, and I'm doing one of these numbers, you know. It's like you, know, you don't want to mess with you, you know, yeah. looking around, and it's like, and I, I go out, and I come around the corner, and the dogs are like frantic, you know. And I'm thinking, 
shut up, you know, you're going to give <laughs> us away here. You know? <laughs> of course, I only have a three bedroom ranch house. So it's not like I can hide very many places. <laughs> right. So, I, mean, I, I searched the whole house and the, the front door was closed. And I'm thinking, what was that? You know, so the, I guess the point is, too, that both of you, it sounds like, have had a lot of activity or experiences mm -hmm. outside of the work. Right, yeah. And, and it's just amplified with the conditions of working in these penitentiaries or, or different places um, yep. that you've been. So, Eric, I'll start with you. Did you wind up having family members as this has gone on? Did, did, like, did your great-grandfather have ability, or is there talk of that in your he, family as well? He passed when I was five, but he was he very much followed. Uh, he was raised his whole family Catholic, mm -hmm. and he raised himself the, the native, I don't even know what the spirituality that he followed. So he followed the old ways of uh, the Algonquin tribe, and when he met my grandmother, it was like, nope, they're Catholic. All the kids are Catholic. You won't speak French. You only speak English. And, and, you know, that type of thing. He was very, he was very discouraged about the way he was treated when he selected his wife. Um, ah. Right, because she was Irish. She wasn't Native. And, mm. right. So they they left the reservation, moved to Cohoes. And, oh, wow. Uh, right. So right. once well, it goes, he reestablished himself. He joined the railroad. I was surprised he picked up on that. And uh, he was in, what involved. What I do. With, <laughs> I know. He was involved uh, so, with that explosion that happened in Waterford. He was actually on the rail yard when uh, the rail yard exploded down there. Oh, uh, wow. He, he was so he was, he was French Canadian? He was uh, French Canadian he was, he was Indian? No, he was straight up Algonquin. There was no French oh. Canadian. He was, okay. he was, he was Indian. Um, the Levine comes from my grandfather, my father's father. He was French and came in, but um, the Irish was there. He married an Irish woman straight off the boat. And they were like, no, that's not happening. And <laughs> they, they just basically disowned him. His whole family did. So wow. he was disgruntled about that and came here. And he says, nope, everyone's going to be raised Catholic, Christian, that's it. He goes, and we're not even going to speak French because that's what they were required to speak on the reservation. Oh, do you have a dream of him or sense him around you? I, I know his. I got a storytelling ability. He's like, my wife tells me that all the time. <laughs> I'm able Perfect. to tell stories quite well. Um, Good. The one, the one that I had dreams about was my mother's mother when the night she passed. Um, I was home, sound asleep. I had a nice dream. Found myself in a boat surrounded by foggy water. Mm. And she crawled up out of the water into the boat. And we sat there, had a whole, whole conversation. At the end of the conversation, she said to me, she goes, well, I have to go. I love you very much, and I won't see you anymore. And oh, she got man. back in the water and disappeared. Wow. When I wow. woke up, my mother was standing there, and she goes, I got something to tell you. I go, I know. And that was the night she passed away. Wow. Wow. That's so special. Yep. That is very, very special, and, and right. I know that that fills you with a lot of emotion. That's probably a hard one, but I, I can tell you that, if, especially if you have that ability, you'll get a lot of dream visits, but that's kind of a special one. You'll never forget that yeah. for years and years to come, obviously, because yep. she wanted to make sure that you knew and that you were special, mm -hmm. and um, you know, even being in the water, that's all about healing and, and Christ, and yeah. so that's, that's really yep. important. Just a, the imagery of it. And the mist is that the veil separates the worlds. Right. I shared that with Michelle years ago, I think. Yes. That, that dream. You know, when I finally, yeah. you know, it's funny because 
you know, Katie, how it is, you kind of come out psychically to, to people. And Eric, right. you know, we're doing a funeral, I think. And I kind of mentioned it. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah and, like, <laughs> and I said, oh, oh, we're going to get along great. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get along great. Maria, did, did have you um, and your family history, Did is there any talk of this same kind of ability or, or ghost stories that were no. handed down? Not that I'm ever aware of. I mean, um, my my father's side of the family was very religious um, as far as being Catholics. My mother's side of the family, they were Catholics, but I can't say they were as devout as the, I mean, I come from Italians and Italians, you know? <laughs> so um, both sides are Italian. So my grandmother, they never talked about it. If they, if anybody had the ability, it wasn't talked about. Oh, right. That's you know? right. So, I mean, there was some craziness in my family. So maybe, <laughs> maybe that was it. Yeah, maybe that was it. You know, my mother had, I would always say she had a sixth sense, but yeah. she never, never talked about it. But my mother always had a really good ability to read people. And my father always also could tell he was very reserved. He would look at somebody and say, I don't know about that person, something about that person I don't like. And he and I would always have the same feeling mm. about somebody. I remember my neighbor's daughter got married and the guy she married, both my father and I looked at each other. I'm like, yeah, there's something about that guy. I can't quite put my finger on it. And everybody thought this guy was great. And then it was like, nope, nope, there's something about him I don't like. And my father goes, yeah, I got that same feeling because the two of them, he'd say, what do you think of that guy? And I'm like, <laughs> I'd go, oh, and he goes, yeah, me too, you know? <laughs> and it turned out that the guy was like, he allegedly was worked in some place he said to his, and I don't know how she never knew that this guy never worked. And he was an actor and he was a very good actor and he convinced her that he was, and he wasn't working at all. So I don't know how she didn't know. I listen to true crime all the time. Yeah. And, and that seems to, I mean, like, seriously, that seems to be like some of the biggest cover is that these guys are really good. Would go, they would, they were great actors and yeah. they would go to the train friends. station every day and they would um, yeah. get dressed and ready for work. And they weren't working like that yeah. whole time, but the family had no idea. Yeah, and I'm thinking, where does this, where's this guy getting his money from? You know, because I never, no, I, I, know. Didn't, I didn't ask that question, but, but when we found out that, I mean, they weren't married that long, they were divorced, and Dad and I were like, we should have bet people because we would have been like making money, you know? Well, right, right. Well, don't you think in a lot of traditional families, you don't, you might not label it, oh, you know, we're psychic or they're psychic. It's right. more like, oh, they have good intuition, they got a good right, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's acknowledged, but um, especially in, in a certain like religious families, it's not, you can't give it a label um, that you might otherwise give it. Yeah. Don't you think that this is kind of like the feeling? Right. They also, like you said, they don't like it because of obviously labeling it makes it more real, yeah. but you always hear about the grandmother, um, like especially in Italian families that could do the Maloik. Yeah. <laughs> or they could predict the baby, like yeah. who's going to have the baby. So they were kind of like yeah. um, kitchen yeah. witches. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, if you if you were sick, put this on you, If take this. Like they had a gut instinct. And then there was always the grandfather um, or elder 
that had a premonition or sixth sense mm. about people and they would say, go, go ask your papa about that. Go ask him what he thinks He'll about know. that. Yeah. yeah. That was my great grandfather. That was my great grandfather right. by far. My, my sister was coming along. It was me and my brother first. My mother was pregnant for my sister. She was going to the doctor. Of course, this is 1970, what, 1978, 76, somewhere in there. And um, the doctor was like, congratulations, you're having another boy. Well, they went to tell my great-grandfather this. And they were like, you know, pops, you're having another another grandson. Oh, no, no, no. He goes, I'm going to wait until my little savage one arrives. And he was talking about a girl, my little savage, yes. My little savage one. Eric, we can't hear you all of a sudden. Yeah, all of a sudden. I think your grandfather just did something. I know. I think your grandfather was messing around with your microphone because all of a sudden it went funky. Yeah. Really? Yeah, now it's back. Oh, it. oh, no, it it's, there yeah. it goes. It has a funny sound right now, so I don't like know if it needs water. to be. That was his grandmother. Man. Try it again. Is that better? Is yeah. That better? It's so skinny. Nope. It, De oh. Dennis is saying no. No, not on my end. It, it, maybe you shouldn't talk about your great grandfather. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of went. It went tinny. It went tinny, yeah, like right. a weird, weird sound. Oh, it's back. <laughs> it's too funny. Eric, say something. I, yeah, I can't explain. I got, I got no luck with electronics. I'm not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, it's your Eric. Yeah. <laughs> well, I so, try to clear Eric. Yeah. Maybe Maria. Yeah, you story. Um, Maria, Maria, tell us another story about working at one of the penitentiaries <laughs> or one of the facilities. Um, well, the the only ones that I really well, Fishkill. Actually, Fishkill they used to have this thing called um uh they used to they had um the basement and we used to have this one sergeant when he wanted to really um do something like punish us or punish somebody he would send them down with hats and bats as a joke down in the so they they put on helmets and they go down there with batons and to clear the rats down in the basements oh and, yeah lovely. Oh my God. <laughs> but i'll tell you there was so many things that would happen down in those i mean we would hear you know, we think it we think it was the sergeant because I used to say, How come I never get to go down there? He goes, You wanna go? Go on, you know. And the guys are like, You really don't want to go down there. I'm like, Yeah, I wanna go down there, you know. And I I was so sure it was the sergeant playing games. You'd hear noises, you'd hear walking, you'd hear doors closing and stuff like that. And it's like, Really, Sarge, you gotta play around when we're down there? And he's like, I've been up here. And I'm like, I don't believe you. And they're like, No, he's been up here. And it's true. It's like, how could he get to where we were? Because there was like, to get down, it was like a dead end. So it's like, so, I mean, that was, I mean, but you would hear like a door creaking open and slam. Oh yeah. And you'd hear people walking and I'm like, oh, let's go find it out. And the golfers was like, let's not, you know, they'd be pulling me back. <laughs> oh my God. And Maria's not afraid of anything. Well. Oh gosh. <laughs> It's a crazy, it's a crazy fear. You know, I don't know where I got it. It's from. a past life fear. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Oh my God. You kind of walk with confidence and that, that's, that's pretty much what you, we, we do yeah. is either faked until you learn it yeah. or yeah. something that you have initially where you walk with confidence and it conveys a lot of thought, a lot of, a lot of intent. So mm -hmm. I haven't had much, much problems. <laughs> Am I still a tinny? 
No, 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 no. totally clear <laughs> now. I just, I just cleared ghosts and some negative energies off of you and your electrical systems. Very nice. And <laughs> it, it's, just, it's, it's something that I've always, I've always walked with. And I, I don't know too many guys in our career that have lasted the full 25 years uh, or longer without having that sense of confidence. <laughs> so... And I, I learned it from people like Maria <laughs> and Steve and, and Sheridan and all the people that, you know, I've, I've met along this uh, path in our career. And it's really been an amazing thing so far. Can't wait for it to be over, but I still, <laughs> I still, yeah. uh, I still marvel at it. I yeah. still marvel at it. I was always one of those people who always like, ran in and like when people were running away i'd run towards because you're first responder yeah. well i've always been i don't know if it's first responder or more curious <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's go see what's making this happen you know it's like no you know it's like i've always been that person to run towards the danger the danger and never run away even when i was smaller and my smaller <laughs> and my well younger <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my my Irish mother. She was the one that uh, brought me to my first fight because she says it's not happening no more. I got all beat up. Now don't fight, don't fight. You're a young boy, don't fight, right? And I got beat up once, and my mom goes, "That's it." She put me in the road runner. We drove around till we found the kid. And she says, "Don't come home until you kick his butt." That's <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, listen, Eric, we might have been related because my my father was the one. I that's that old Irish thinking. He grew up in yep. um, Albany, and um, you he don't literally start if you finish it. Yes, and he said, he'd always say, he goes, "I don't want you starting it, but you can finish it." Yep. So yep. something would happen, he'd go finish it. And my was Italian it. father used to say the same. Oh my oh, God, yeah. that's so funny. My grandmother, uh, Alicia, in Albany, they lived in a neighborhood that was a segregated neighborhood. Um, it was Irish, and then the other side was German. That was the segregation. And um, there was a sign on the one post, and it said, no Irish past this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. my father walked with his sisters, and when he was walking, one of the bigger boys came out and... Um, wanted to have a fight with my dad and um I guess the girls or somebody ran and got my grandmother and other boys were going to start to come in and my grandmother like squared off with the father of the other kid and she said make it a fair fight make it a fair fight nobody else get involved and she let my father and this kid like duke it out but she just she stood there with her arms crossed and she said you make it a fair fight I hope I'm always about to clarify I've done that I've done that too it's one on one. It's family business. You leave it alone. Yeah. And now it's two on one. Okay, now I got to get involved. <laughs> this is also the same grandmother by you, by the way. I mean, even going back, you know, like in the seventies, she somebody would talk about uh, like a family or somebody that was a horrid man or a husband or whatever, and um, without much flurry or anything, she'd just say she'd look at like myself or my cousins and she'd go, "They all got to sleep. They all got to sleep." Yep. Yeah. I mean, when you think about that, that's some scary shit. Like, oh, okay. Premeditated. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. They all got to sleep. They all got to yep. sleep. Gee whiz, that's awesome. Yeah. My father used to say, nobody can outrun a bullet. <laughs> oh, right. Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry, right. It's like, oh, yeah, God. Can, they're all tough, but nobody can outrun a bullet. I'm like, oh. yeah. nice, Dad. <laughs> I know. 
Oh God, the stuff we're raised on. You think to yourself later on, like, hmm, perhaps that wasn't the best advice. Yeah. Well, you know, though, I used to say that to the inmates when we used to take them out on on trips. I used to say to the inmates, I used to say to them, "Listen, we're going on. If we're going on, like, especially a funeral trip, you act like a gentleman. I'll treat you as such. You'll act like an ass, and I'm going to treat you treat you like an ass." <laughs> and I said, "You try to escape. I'm going to shoot you." Try to stand behind your mother. I'm going to shoot her first. Then I'm going to shoot you. I said, because I'm going to say that she's trying to aid and abet and escape. And I would go through this whole thing. And I said, and do you know the reason why I can do this? And the inmates would go, well, you got it like that, CEO. And I'm like, well, no. That's <laughs> because the state of New York says I can. <laughs> there was a directive that said, if they try to escape, you can use deadly right. physical force. Right. So, and they would like, and they would look, I said, you can run. I said, I'm not going to chase you, but you cannot outrun a bullet. And they're right. like, shit, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, um, Eric, any other stories or, or thoughts um, that you had about working in these different facilities? Uh, like I said, I've noticed that my sense of humor has changed just basically just dealing with some of the things that i've seen uh, we tend to laugh about a lot of stuff um, you won't find a, a group of people that laughs more than a group of co's my father has watched a couple of my friends he like i said i'm the first in our family to be in law enforcement and we get together and we start ragging on each other you know and, and and you know it's looking like we're trying to start a fight and my father goes and you guys like each other? He goes, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, how can you like each other? Work? Right. And you actually like each other. It's like, yeah, Dad, this is this is all normal. He goes, I, it, I don't see it. So, so do the other guys or gals that you work with, um, do they see at the same time or no? Like I, that I don't see? know. That, that's, oh. that's, I, I, I know some people, like, like I had one story at the, like back at the same facility I was at. I was working down in uh, one of the control bubbles. It's a hallway, and you control three gates. One goes down to industry, which is where they make uh, the furniture. One goes to the religious center, and one goes down for the blocks. So I'm stand I have three gates that I control. Well, I'm sitting there in the morning, and they open up the commissary. So there's a truck trap outside the giant stone wall. They bring the trucks through into a gated area. Then they open that gate, and it drives through to the hallway. And the truck has to pass through the hallway to go to where the commissary is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the officers came in, they opened up the hallway, and then they go back in to have their coffee. It just cools everything down first thing in the morning. Well, I'm sitting there in my, my control bubble, and I looked over, and I could have swore I saw from the knees up a three-quarter length leather jacket with the giant buttons with the flat top, the old-style correction officers. So I looked over and I looked back to the guy I was with to say something. He goes, you know, he's really not there, right? He just set me out. I mean, he set me so out, out of myself that I was like, oh, okay. So he's really not there. I was like, okay, just ignore it. And I mean, I, I saw it on a couple of occasions. He'd basically walk from the commissary out towards the truck trap. And it looked like a sergeant's uniform with your three-quarter leg track. But you couldn't see his feet. Wow. It's more that they're really there. Right, yeah. He's really not there. So he was telling me that, yes, I saw something, 
but it's not, there's nothing there to, to really worry about. And it's just, <laughs> that's one of the things that the hair stood up. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit in the back of the bubble for a while. <laughs> that's out. pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. that's impressive. So, I know, I know other people see it, but not everybody talks about it. I don't mm -hmm. think people are comfortable with that, the thought and the notion of it. Uh, Cause it, it confirms a lot of things and it disproves a lot of things, you know? Right. So, yeah. And that makes people uncomfortable. So they don't really, they don't really like talking about it. Agreed. So. Maria, anything with that with you? Have you had other people that you work with um, say that they've seen or um, I know that you said the one you actually were, you ran after somebody together, but <laughs> on a pretty, on a pretty regular basis, are you seeing or feeling um, things in fish with other people? They, they used to see, um, they used to see a couple uh like officers and inmates, I guess. And because it used to be Matawan, it used to be um, the the nut house. It was the old Matawan oh, um, psych, yeah, mental facility. So they used to see um, in one particular corridor down near where the hospital is, what it used to be, and I guess there was a morgue down in the basement, but down near the hospital, they used to see um, inmates, nurses, and people like back and forth and I used to go there just trying to see it you know <laughs> and I used to be so disappointed I could you know you would hear things but I would like look, look around because I wanted to see it but it's almost like yeah well you want it so we're not going to come you know it's like <laughs> bastards but you could hear you know you could hear it you could hear things you could hear voices but I never saw anything like some of the others I'd see people say I'm not working there I'm like, I'll work there, I'll work there, let me work there, please, pick me, pick me, pick me, you know? <laughs> and they're like, oh, God, you're too weird. But, you know, and then in the tunnels, they would see things, too. I, again, I never saw anything. Oh, else. yeah, I hear that a lot. Yeah, but um, but the tunnels, I used to get the creepy feeling that somebody was yep. following me, and you could hear footsteps, and you'd stop. And, and they'd and, stop. And, yeah. you know, they'd stop, you know, and you'd hear, like, one or two steps, and then they'd stop, and you're like, I know you're here. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an interesting phenomenon that probably has to do with uh, the you know the basically the dynamic of or the build of the the tunnels. Maybe it's in right. limestone or quartz, right. but other people with those kind of um, um, setups in their facilities um, underground all talk about that. Like you know what the sound is right. of somebody you work with walking down the tunnel. And when you hear that and it's kind of like just all of a sudden like disembodied oh, and it's yeah. right behind you and sometimes they speed up um, a lot of places. I think even old restaurants have said that too, yeah, that they've, yeah. they've had encounters like that. So it must hold the memory of um, other people that work there or use those tunnels. And I think following you. In a, physical a lot of these body facilities are cut through bedrock. Um, yes. I think it's more of an elemental spirit, like a real strong presence oh, like yeah. there. and because they're cutting through it actually disrupts it and that's what's actually there yeah. uh, oh wow that's yeah. my that's my belief it's not always it's not always human i just think you know there's there's spirit and everything so it, it that's was, me it, it was creepy in the tunnels i have to oh, say yes. when you're <laughs> walking from one tunnel to the next you know when you're underground like fishkill had the tunnels and you could hear and of course i always had a flashlight and so you're whipping around you know, to to see, and of course, the minute you whip around, the the they they stop, and there's nobody there, and you're like, and then of course you start walking faster, and it starts walking faster, you know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's an echo, so and then you natural, stop, and then I you, think that unnatural fear comes because it's not a human spirit; it's actually yeah, you know something older. 
So yeah. you get more of a primal fear than, than an actual fear of a man. You know? I'm I'm very impressed with the two of you how much you guys know that um, you've obviously done a lot of research or just instinctually your family's talked about because that's usually spot on. We've talked a lot lately about Michelle and I going to different places and knowing that it's elemental yes. and that's not the norm. It's not a demon, but right. it's not the norm. It's much, much older and yeah. harder to remove from facilities. Yeah. I don't think you want to move them. <laughs> no, I don't either. And I know that in Native American culture, that if there is a, a spirit that is like that, that you're actually, I don't even know it's so much about removing them, is making peace with them, that you yes. give them an offering and you like plant like strawberries or mint, or tobacco, if you can. And um, it's supposed to help with that, like quiet it down. Like setting up some kind of a situation where you can coexist right. with the spirit. I got a place that you would love them, um, Michelle. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know there's, I know there's one there because it's ruined several of my hunts, and you can almost time it down to the second. Wow. That Where the is it? Gonna change. Huh? It's up in Pittstown. It's up in Pittstown State Forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to give that real location, but no, yeah. No, no, no. It's the real location. I'll, oh, I'll take okay. you there if you want. Listen, you you got a bunch of gals that love to go out in the woods to just look for for Bigfoot or <laughs> spirits. Oh, yeah, the wife says take them. Exactly. <laughs> we'll we'll head on out. We'll follow yeah. you, Aaron. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll pick a day. You'll you'll see it, and it, it's more of a wind a wind thing oh. where you'll be oh, had, yeah. all day long. The wind will be hitting you hitting you in the face. And you're like, this is how I'm going to hunt. The wind's in my face. I'm good, you know? Yeah. And then at the last second, just as you're getting ready to, to draw the bow or do whatever, the wind hits you at the back of the ears and you go, three, two, one, there goes a deer. Years after years and years of doing this, I even brought my buddy Frank Jones up there. And uh, oh, Frank. Frank Jones is like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Frank in the woods is, is kind of an oxymoron. He's a, he's a New York City. He's a New York City individual. He doesn't belong in the woods. No. <laughs> um, but we brought him up there, and I was explaining how all this stuff happens because he is a believer in spirit. And he was like, the wind's hitting you in the face. I go, yeah, and I'm hoping to see deer. And as soon as that came out of my mouth, I said, shh, don't move. And four deer come walking off the, across the top of the hill. I go, and sooner or later, probably within four or five seconds, Frank, I go, the wind will blow across the back of your neck. And as soon as we felt the wind blow across the back of our neck, I go, three, two, one, tails went up, and they boogied over the top of the hill. Wow. He goes, how the hell did you know? Wow. I go, like, guard, those that way. deer have a guardian spirit. In the right. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. So I, if you want, I can take you there. It's an easy trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always, we're always looking for interesting places to bring D. Scott Perfect. where he can do his first solo investigation. <laughs> He's shaking his head like, what the hell? I would, love to, I would love to go up to Mount McGregor again. I yes. Do that. Totally. Mount McGregor is just so, such a hotbed of. Um, it's a lot of spirits. Yeah. Hey, listen, I am not opposed to breaking in places. I know that you guys are all in law enforcement and, you know, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. So I can go belly under any place and and get us in. I'm I'm all good about that. shimmy under the fence. I bet you we can get Antonucci to let us go up there. I bet you if I ask Antonucci, he might let us. You know. Well, you know, the other one I'd love to go to, and I've, I've heard a lot of security guards, is the Shaker community, um, the facility that was over there. The, isn't that the Ann Lee? Oh, that's oh, right. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dennis and I. Yeah. yeah. And so, and everybody oh, says, 
Yep. Right, right over by the airport, the 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 old jail or the old. Yeah. They all say that the lights go on in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. would love to go through that yeah. one too. Well, they keep thinking people are breaking into Mount McGregor yes. because the lights will go on, but there's no one there, and there's no electricity. There's no. I had two two different guys that worked different years, different time segments that were on patrol, and they were constantly getting calls because the lights would go on, and they'd go over, and they got creeped out. Right. And there'd be nobody in the facility. That it was clearly something that was yeah. within there that was like, "Hey, I want attention." Yeah. Well, I think yep. we should give them that attention. Well, on the <laughs> yeah. back, one of the guys used to say that he used to feel something on the back where the where our gym was, where we built the gym. There was like a slab, and that used to be a hotel back there where Legs oh. Diamond and those guys used to be on Mount McGregor. And it oh. burned down before, I think it be, before it became the TV place. And then, or maybe it was after the TV place. I, I'm pretty sure it was before. And there was a big, huge hotel back there, and that burnt down. And then it became the TV place, and it became the mental um, handicap place, and then it became the prison, you know. So, hi, buddy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have one more crazy story. It happened in my house. A couple oh, things have happened in my house. When I, I was Right after my dad passed away, and... Um, I was by myself and I was going to take a shower. And when I take a shower by myself, I lock the doors. I, you know, I lock the front door, lock the back door, and I go take a shower. Wrap myself in a towel, come out, put on the, the weather channel. What's the weather going to be like? What am I going to wear? And, and before I took a shower, my one cat was being a pain in the ass. And I'm like, get out. You know, I, I said, go on, get out. He was meowing. And I said, you want to go out? Go out. So I let him out. And that was baby boy. So I come in after I take a shower, I, I come in, I, I turn the, the TV on mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I, I hear something and I look down the hallway and here comes baby boy walking down the hall and I'm like, I let you out before I took a shower because I let him out, locked the door, went and took a shower and I'm like, how did you get back in? And I look mm-hmm. over at the door and my door is open like oh. a crack like this and I'm like, how was that open? So I called... My husband, hey, did you come home? He's like, no, I'm working. I called both my girls. I called my friend Janice. And I'm like, did anybody come, come into home. the house? And, you know, it's like, because I said, did you come in the house while I was in the shower? And both my girls said, mom, if we came in the house while you were in the shower, we would have said, hey, mom, it's us. And right. Janice did the same thing. If I had come in, I would have said, hey, it's me. You know, she said, I wouldn't just come in and heard you in the shower and, like, walked out the door. And left it open. You know, and left it open. She said, I would have told you I was there. To this day, I have no idea how that door got open. As I said, it was locked. Everybody says that they didn't come in the house and that the cat was there. And I'm saying, huh. I don't think the cat has a key. Yeah, I don't think the cat, yeah, no, the cat, the cat wouldn't have done that. But, you know, you if yeah, that's one of those things. You get that feeling immediately. Yeah. yeah. Not something like, oh, I just fo- forgot to close that door. Or I forgot no. to do that. You definitely get that feeling like, ugh. Yeah, because I let him out, you know? And my father had this thing about the cats. You know, they're, you know he's always letting them out. He let the, the cat would go out the front door, come in the back door, out the back door, come in the front door, you know? And my father would say, Jesus Christ, I just let you out. Or Jesus Christ, I just let you in, you know? And he would do this with the cats, but he would always get up and let them in and let them out, you know? I'm like, Dad, just leave them outside. But they'd be meow, meow. So 
You think so, he did that? So spirit. I'm wondering if my father just let one in because that's what he does. Right, just to get your attention. <laughs> Probably if you have that thought, yeah. most, most likely it's him. It's like, Dad, you let the cat in? You know? yeah. <laughs> just to give you a big old sign. Yeah, you know, so it was really bizarre. And I told my husband when he came home and he's like, eh. that's all he said was, probably your dad you know like, <laughs> that's what i thought you know <laughs> michelle do you have any last questions or any any thoughts well i just think that it would be really great to go with you know because we we have a, a ghost uh, investigation group that we have started we haven't done anything yet thank you covid but we would love for you guys to come with us sometime and maybe do some investigations Oh, up at Mount McGregor. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love it. I think that love would it. be so much fun. Because you guys are just so much fun. We always have fun when we go. Do you know, though, Maggie, do you remember Ooh. when we were in D.C. and Maggie took the picture and the orb, like when she took the pictures and the orb was in one doorway and then it went to another doorway and then it went to another? As she's taking the pictures, she took one after the other and you could see the orb had moved. Actually, you from, see it move. Yeah, you could see it from one spot to, the, to the next. Yeah that Maggie yep. had taken. I wonder if she remembers that. I don't know if she still has it. She's in the kitchen talking. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but I mean, does she remember that, was, that, that, that was up in, She says that was up at her brother's house. No, we, we were in D.C. We were in Washington, D.C. because we were at one of the Capitol buildings or one of the buildings and she took a picture because she liked this one particular building and then she took the, she was taking pictures and when she looked oh, at she, the digital camera you could see where the orb, where had, the orb moved. had moved she's from talking frame to frame. from frame to frame I've, I've seen light spikes in pictures where you take pictures of uh uh nighttime grave sites i, I like taking pictures and you'll see spikes of light coming up out of the grass mm -hmm. yeah um, i've seen yeah all that type of stuff i so yeah i'd be interested i'd, I'd like to go <laughs> oh that's it then that's an open invite for the two of yeah. you we'd love to have you guys i had a friend that went to salem and she, they took a picture of the cemetery in Salem and all these different things. And oh, you could gosh. see like there was like an ass, like yeah. looked like a, a silhouette. And she's like, it was, and then she showed me the pictures. I'm like, do you remember <laughs> when we took the picture in the, oh, in yeah. the vault? We were at Proctor's. Katie, you and I have done uh, events down there. There's the vault right. there. We were doing a graduation again. Yeah. And we felt a presence in there. Yeah. And they had the bars of the vaults, yeah. right? And the big old combination. And the different bars were all different temperatures. Yeah. And I actually oh, have this picture. I don't know. I'll try to put it up on our, uh, our, you know, our um, Facebook page. Yeah. But with my phone, Maria was clear. You know, when you look at a picture, it goes live. And she's clear for a second, but then there's this, like, mist over her. Yeah. If you hold your finger down on the phone or make it do that little repeat thing. Yeah. An energy stands in front of her. Yeah. It was like the coolest thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're goofing around. It's yeah. like we almost missed playing because yeah, we were so fascinated <laughs> by the guy. That's so cool. So, so cool. <laughs> that yeah. was a really cool. That was that a cool was. experience. I still have that picture. Yeah, because the different bars were different temperatures. One was hot. One was cold. One was freezing. Yeah, it's cold. One was yeah. really freezing. You couldn't even almost touch it. That's how cold it was. Yeah. What, uh, you know, Michelle, thank you so much for putting this together. Really oh, you're welcome. It. Thank you for inviting well, us. Thank you both so much for sharing your experiences. We'll definitely have you back on again. Absolutely. And, um, and, and hopefully get out to, to do a little um, ghost investigating 
with you guys. I'd love to do that. I can't wait now. I just uh, I can't wait to be I know. Me I too. Know. I can't wait to just get out. So, <laughs> guys, know. thank you all so much. I appreciate your time and, and your insight. And, of course, truly appreciate both of you, your service um, to for all of us to keep us safe on a regular basis. Yes, thank so. you so much, you guys. Thank you very, very much for doing the job that you guys have been doing. And thank you, D. Scott, for being the amazing D. Scott and our wonderful Thank you, D. Scott. Hey, did you notice that when she cleared Eric that ours ours froze? Yes, I know. electrical, ours froze. It's like. I did see that. I did see that. That's why I haven't touched the phone since we started. We've done quite a few episodes now through this, through Zoom. And this is the first time that we've had any kind of technical issues like. Like that. Like that. With sound. Videos have frozen. It's usually Katie's. Because I think her, I just think her internet sucks wherever she is. I sit in the same spot every damn time and it never happens. It doesn't matter. Um, okay. But this is the first time that we've had an audio issue with one thing, just like mid-sentence, told you not to talk about your great-grandfather. Yeah, um, exactly. And then exactly. Michelle clears your stuff, and they've been sitting there staring at us, not moving. It's not a bad picture. Really, though, to say. which is impressive. So <laughs> you guys are really good at sit, sitting still. Don't move. Don't move. Yeah, well, guys, again, and I cannot sit still. Oh, guys, again, that. thank you all so much. And thank to you. our listeners, thank please keep um, sharing us, like us, subscribe. Okay, Franklin, I'm almost done. And um, <laughs> my dog, he's done with this. Um, so guys please share us subscribe and give us any kind of um, comments we'd love to hear your comments and our suggestions please please send us some suggestions for things you'd like us to investigate or talk about on the show and uh, as always please stay blessed and stay healthy I'm a